Good evening. Welcome to the Daily Roto Podcast. Tony Cicada here. It is our last podcast before opening day of the Major League Baseball season. Of course, Daily Fantasy Baseball 2015. And we got a big announcement that came out today. FanDuel is having a live tournament experience for the baseball season. This one's pretty good. Because the way this one works, it's going to happen relatively quick. This one happens May 15th. It'll be in Dallas, Texas. It'll be a $200,000 Dallas Fantasy Baseball Championship. will feature a night of professional baseball in a fine executive suite. And the second night consists of the 10-man championship right in the heart of Texas with first place taking home $60,000. And that's great information. My name's Tony Sakata. This is the Daily Roto Podcast. You can hear this on the Fantasy Sports Network, which televises fantasy sports coverage 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, of course, you can go over at DailyRoto.com and get ready for the opening day. A lot of great articles up there on the site right now. And we're lucky enough to have on the show tonight one of the authors uh, to some AL and NL preview articles uh, from a DFS level. We're speaking to Chris K. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Tony. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. So you all ready and all fired up for the big season? I am. This is a this is like a holiday for me. I always take off the day of the opening day uh, and just kind of hang out with my one friend that I used to play baseball with and just kind of have a couple of drinks, have some some good food and just watch some baseball. <laughs> I absolutely love it. So, you know, here's the thing. We've got an American League DFS preview up on the site right now. And you go down and you break down each team and some of the the likenesses of each team. So how did you go and accomplish this from a daily fantasy level? Well, it was kind of tough because there's so many different things you can look at and it's, you know, a lot of DFS is same-day type thing, and, and you do the research with previous stats and things like that. But we kind of looked at how guys performed last year and, and maybe in years past and kind of said, you know, who had potential to do what. And sometimes it was pitchers, sometimes it was hitters, and sometimes you kind of just tried to find something. You know, some of the teams are kind of hard to write about. But, you know, it's a lot longer than I thought it would be. But with 15 teams, you know, you kind of expect a little bit of content there. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like, you go through each team, and like the Baltimore Orioles, we look at the American League East teams, and the Baltimore Orioles, you, you talk about from a daily fantasy perspective. Now, we know the players that yeah, are great on the offensive side uh, from left-handed, right-handed splits. Baltimore's one of the better ballparks offensively, so those players come in into play. And a lot of times when you get a new starter in the mix, uh, they're a little cheaper. So one of the guys that comes out is Travis Snyder uh, from an offensive perspective. Some of the sites, because he was a backup last year, might have him a little underpriced to start the season off. And you mentioned the pitchers. There's absolutely no one here. Chris Tillman, of course, gets stuck on pitching a lot of days when aces go uh, for Baltimore. Yeah, that's the interesting about, the interesting thing about the Orioles is they don't really have any power pitching and and uh, guys like Snyder, maybe guys that come in there and face a Tillman or a Bud Norris and guys like that, they're going to have the potential to put a lot of balls in play and, like you said, a good place to hit. So anytime you can put the ball in play more often, you give yourself a shot at some good fantasy points. We're speaking to Chris K of DailyRoto.com. You can see great articles 
from him and Logan Hitchcock getting it done on the site. Uh, one great statistic, I think, the on the articles. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, with this illustrious pitching staff this year of Rick Borsello, Wade Miley, Justin Masson, Clay Buckholtz, and Joe Kelly, had 34 starts of five earned runs or more. That's 25% of those guys. And then the Boston Red Sox bring a big offense. We're, still, we're going to see a lot of high totals in these Red Sox games. We should, and a couple of those guys haven't pitched in Boston. You know, uh, Purcello pitched in Detroit, which is a better place to pitch than Boston. Uh, imagine him with the Green Monster in left field instead of, you know, Tigers or was it Comerica Park now in, in that deep 420 to dead center. Like, we're going to see a lot of games where uh, a lot of team, a lot of opportunities to stack against this Boston team. That was the big thing I kind of have looked at. And Joe Kelly, I think, is going to start in the DL or start, you know with a, maybe a week or two off because of an injury. But um, these other four guys, especially I like Clay Buckle, it's kind of amazing his turn, you know, how he was so good two years ago. And then he, I guess he lost his lubrication on his forearm to help him out a little bit last year. Yeah. That's a problem with guys as they get older. They seem to lose that. So that's totally normal. You never yeah, know what happened. I mean, is, is Buckholz that old? How old is a guy like Buckholz, you know? Oh, Clay Buckles, he, he's actually been around in Major League Baseball. He's probably 30 years of age, uh, but he's very, very uh, popular on the dating scene, so I think that's where it comes into play. Ah, okay, okay. He actually takes a shower in between innings. Did you know that? I'm not surprised. The dude is, is nonstop drenched. You know, some people <laughs> just can't help it. Some, but he he's a poor guy. He probably goes through some, some shirts during a game for sure. You talk about the New York Yankees, and this is going to be a fascinating team because, one, their home games are in a great offensive park. Uh, Tanaka, an elite pitcher for half the season, and, of course, the injury. We don't know when that's going to take place again or if he's able to get through the season. Uh, You bring in Michael Pineda, who, when I just go by the numbers that I, I truly look at, he was quite lucky last year to put up the numbers he did. I believe his strand rate was somewhere around 83%. Uh, he had a FIP that was overrun higher uh, than his velocities down. What are your expectations for a guy like Pineda? Because from the offensive side of things, I think the only Yankee from a batting perspective that you could take a shot on in a normal situation uh, would be maybe Alex Rodriguez if he's uh, underpriced because he didn't play the last two seasons, and maybe a Garrett Jones coming over from the Pirates over to Yankee Stadium if he was playing in a full-time role. Uh, I, I'm not sure what to expect from Pineda. He's got a lot of good stuff, and you know, sometimes guys with some really good um, pitches, just in terms of, of what they have, what they're throwing, they can get away with some things, get some strikeouts, some big chances, and, and get some misses, and maybe you know that's part of the reason why his strand rate is high. I'll tell you what, uh, I would expect him to be one of those guys that could go eight innings, one run, or four innings, eight runs, those, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm surprised you say A-Rod, though, especially early on. He's going to be an interesting play because um, playing is a key part, and he didn't play all of last season. You don't think that's going to bother him at all from the start? I did, you know, you're looking, the best value is going to be early on for him. Yeah, I really think it's going to bother him. Like We had a big debate on the show. 
uh, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. You guys can listen to me Monday through Friday on the Fantasy Funhouse with Nando DeFino from 9 to 11 a.m. And, of course, on the weekend, 7 to 10 a.m. I will not be there this weekend as I'm heading out to California for the Fantasy Aces Basketball Championship uh, out in uh, Newport Beach, California. I know about Fantasy Aces uh, Fantasy Baseball Championship, and I can't really talk about it because I haven't seen it. It's announced yet, but they are doing something I think you absolutely will love. I'm hearing a rumor that uh, they're going to take over the Los Angeles Angels Stadium. They're going to have a home run hitting contest and a little pickup baseball game out there as they take control of Angels Stadium. Now, have you been to a live event final yet? I have not. I have not been uh, lucky enough to do so. Do you dream of it someday? I do. I'm a big college football guy, but so I think that's probably my best opportunity. Going up up against guys like Leone and Dink and all those other, all those really good players out there, it's going to be tough to do in baseball, but um, that that Angels situation is pretty cool. You know, I've I've done a home run derby before when I was a kid on on Tampa Bay's park, and and it's a pretty crazy uh, event. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to uh, see how that plays out. You know, it's the funniest thing is I see a couple of the guys. It, it, the Daily Fantasy community is young uh, in, in general, but some of the guys, uh, I don't know, 90 feet to first base, so if you have to leg one out, 180 feet might be tough. Yeah, uh, yeah I hope they bring trainers to this thing because <laughs> imagine a guy like – imagine I don't, want, I don't want to pick on Drew here, but imagine Drew having a leg out a single, like – is that one of those things in like slow pitch softball where you kind of just give up halfway? Um, you know, you're not you're not jogging out anything. There's no hustle doubles in this league. Uh, I wonder if the uh, Angels will allow people to uh, take the field with a beer in their hand. Do you think that will happen? For the right price, they probably will, but I don't know if they're <laughs> willing to do that. We'll see how that plays out. One of the teams that I think is going to be big in daily fantasy uh, this year is the Toronto Blue Jays. You've got a great offensive ballpark, and now you have, when everybody's healthy, Batista and Cassione Donaldson and Russell Martin. The one thing is, is uh, I spoke on the show. We did a DFS preview today. Dink, Byron, Leone both were on with me. And I talked about some of these rookie leadoff hitters. And Dalton Pompey is a guy uh, that could be – I uh, don't know where he'll bat in the order because Jose Reyes will be hitting leadoff if Pompey's down at the bottom or not. He'll be cheap there. And they were talking about, depending on where you're playing, whether it be DraftKings, you get five points for a stolen base, which is huge. But the negative two to me is one of the most insane rule of all of daily fantasy sports. I love DraftKings. The one thing I want them to change, they give me a negative two when I get a, a one for a single or a walk, and then the guy steals, and I end up with negative points, like doesn't that seem insane in the scoring on that? That does. I mean, that, I, that seems crazy. But what would you rather it be minus one or minus point five? I want to see no, I want to see nothing. I, you get a zero. You get points for stolen base, and you get if you get caught stealing, it's no negative. At FanDuel, that's how it is. Uh, over there, and like I said, I love DraftKings. Just this one rule to me sees sees is crazy to me. Yeah, I think uh, that's where the whole efficiency comes into play. It'll be interesting with a guy like Pompey, a rookie, how efficient he is his first year in the big leagues. Now, Donaldson should. It'd be interesting to see how certain sites put together the prices. Do they go by last year's statistics? If they do, Donaldson will be weighted to those games in Oakland and now going to Toronto. I think you got to look for him to greatly improve uh, from an offensive standpoint. 
And it's hard to do when you already a guy that could hit 30 home runs. Yeah, especially in that in that uh, building. I have a feeling that these guys are going to be like the Toronto, or I'm sorry, the Colorado Rockies of the East. Uh, it's a good place to hit. You're going to have a ton of guys in a row. Donaldson might be cheap early because of that Oakland ballpark, but it won't be for long um, because that offense is – I mean, they've always kind of blown us up and, and done what they shouldn't have, you know, and disappointed us all. But I can't imagine this team not scoring a bunch of runs this year. So I, I would figure Donaldson has about uh, a month before, you know, that whole lineup hits like a peak high of Rockies type. You also mentioned the article, Russell Martin, who played in a great pitcher's ballpark in Pittsburgh, now coming over and playing in Toronto. He should get an uptake, and we're always trying to go. Uh, I should speak for myself. I'm always trying to go cheap at catcher. Yeah, I like to go cheap at catcher, too, but if there's a guy that I'm going to pay for, uh, Russell Martin seems to be a safe guy, especially against lefties. I wrote about him in um, one of those combination articles I did with Logan early on, the fact that that stack is going to be huge. And when you can fill it in with a catcher, uh, that's definitely going to be a, a big uh, pivot type play. You know, you're going to see a lot of people go with a punt at catcher. If you go Martin and he gets a bunch of bases and, and scores a bunch, you could be looking for a big day. Cause typically, like you said, I think pretty much everyone's on the whole punt and punting catcher play. The Chicago White Sox have huge expectations this year. And, of course, when you look at huge expectations, Jose Abreu started out at the beginning of the year like he's going to win the MVP. And then people talk about a second-half collapse. It was a collapse only from the Powers' perspective, as you saw Jose Abreu hit three fifty in the second half. But an improved Avesel Garcia, healthy, he should be ready to go. And uh, Melky Cabrera comes into the lineup, so it should be a great, great opportunity for people for the White Sox. Yeah, as a, as a Tigers guy, it, it pains me to talk about the White Sox, and I, lo- I, I love Jose Abreu. I was talking to one guy on Twitter about it earlier. I love Jose Abreu. Uh, he's just a fun guy to watch. I'm a huge Avisel Garcia guy, um, a, a guy I used to call Mini Miggy um, back when he was in Detroit. But uh, the fact that he proves he could hit in the first half with the power, the average in the second half, his numbers, I'm writing it up for my next article, his numbers against left-handed pitching is, is stupid. Um, something like a 44% home run to five-all ratio uh, for his numbers against lefties, which is just out of this world. So, um, I mean, a guy like Adam Eaton is going to have a lot of uh, opportunity, Melky, Abreu, and then uh, – I can't remember who's hitting four. LaRoche is four or five in that lineup. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a, an underrated, underrated lineup for uh, for Sacks, at least to get going. The one thing, though, with Chicago is a great offensive ballpark. Uh, they bring in a guy like Jeff Samager, who's not really uh, one of the top strikeout pitchers. How do you think this will affect him pitching in this ballpark instead of Oakland and Chicago? I think he won't see as much of a as – a, as a turn as some other pitchers might going to Chicago. He's a pretty big strikeout guy. And, um, I mean, obviously he gets a lot of his outs that way, a power pitcher with some good, uh, good stuff there. I, it's not going to help him, but he did pitch very well in Chicago, uh, with the Cubs. So if you can pitch well at Wrigley, I don't think you're going to have too much trouble in, at uh, Comiskey, but, you know, it's not going to help him to move to Comiskey from Oakland. You know, you did a great job uh, pointing out a guy in the Minnesota Twins who could be a great cheap buy for people. Irvin Santana is going to uh, uh, pitch in Minnesota, great pitches ballpark. His K per nine rate, 8.22, and now at Target Field, 
this could be a guy that you could ride for a little bit into the price adjustment. Yeah, I think Santana and even Phil Hughes is going to be there's some really good options this year. I saw Santana play a bunch because of uh, being in Atlanta, and I mean, he blew the socks off some people. I don't think people realized he would pitch as well as he did. He pretty much had his one of his career years last year, though, so don't expect something crazy. But, you know, Target Field is a big place to play. It's going to be cold early on. It's not going to be good to be hitting it there, up there. Um, so I could definitely see him have some really dominant starts in April. Guys that can throw it pretty hard with some good uh, off-speed uh, can give give guys nightmares, especially when it's cold and you're worried about uh, breaking your hand on some side pitches. So, Tony Sicotta, Chris K of DailyRoto.com. This is Daily Roto Podcast. Of course, we're getting ready for fantasy baseball, a daily fantasy style, which will kick off on Monday, April 6th, right here at DailyRoto.com. You'll get all the information you need to be successful on opening day and take part in some of the big tournaments across the industry. The Houston Astros, George Springer is the most debated player, I think, on all the shows that I participate on. Uh, some people just absolutely hate the strikeouts, and some people uh, look at the power. And the stolen bases were a thing that didn't happen last year because of the injuries. I look for a correction there. And even if this guy strikes out 225 times during the year, uh, he could be good for 30 bombs. Yeah, I think that's part of his whole approach. That this, he's a big, strong guy with some unbelievable speed. Um, I mean, he's done the numbers speed-wise with some stolen bases in the minors, and it's a big difference between minor league and, and big league club. But he he proved a lot of people wrong last year in terms of how immediate his success would be. I think I was reading this on Twitter earlier in the week. He has his approach just to swing hard and always go for the power. Now, that's, now as a real baseball player, that's not typically what you want in your lineup. I get that. But we don't get negatives for strikeouts. We get negatives on FanDuel for outs, nothing on DraftKings for outs. So I don't have any problem with a guy going for a home run on two, with two strikes. Uh, and at least he knows what he's doing. A lot of times these younger guys have no idea what their approach is. They're kind of just, they're just going through the motions, just trying to put the ball in play. Uh, as a former player, I will tell you this, with two strikes, just trying to put the ball in play doesn't always work. And if Springer gets one of those bloops because he's trying to hit the ball out, uh, he can get on first base and probably get us 20 to 30 spills uh, in 2015, which is not a bad uh, not a bad stat at all for us DFSers. Now, Daily Fantasy Baseball is all about uh, splits and platoons, and you guys have found a uh, player that a lot of people count on that maybe not the guy that we think he is. That is the Los Angeles Angels' Matt Choice. You talk about Matt Choice, we know he couldn't hit lefties, but he was always good against righties, but only 263 last season. What's your impression of Matt Choice? Uh, you know, he was with the Rays and, and formerly my Tigers. I'm not impressed. I don't think there's going to be a reason now to do one of those whole Oh, Ray's pitching against the Angels. Got to plug in Matt Joyce if he's the right price. Because like I showed uh, in this article, 263, uh, 263 against him last season. And really, he hasn't really been as good as he has a couple of years ago. I'm sure he has one or two outlier seasons where he was great. But uh, the grand scheme of things, not that impressive. He's going to have a trout and uh, pools in front of him likely. Uh, but I'm not sure he's going to be one of those guys I roster a bunch just because of the whole platoon. It would have to be a, a mixture of things that would make me on him first. What is your strategy when it comes to daily fantasy baseball? Are you one of the guys that 
uh, will go out and save some money on pitching and try to get Mike Trout in your lineup, or are you uh, heavy on pitching and you'll figure out the hitters as you go along? Uh, I'm like one of those cash game players. I think like Logan said when he was on. So I pay up for the pitching. Um, typically, I like to just pure punt one position. And then as the more GPP lineups I get into, the more riskier I get, especially on DraftKings with that second pitcher. But I, I typically like to get that solid first pitcher in. Uh, I'm telling you right now, I'm looking at these first lineups on FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, it's tough to go to heavy pitcher. You know, a guy like Kluber and a guy like Cueto, even though they're not 10K on DraftKings, it's tough to put together a lineup uh, around those two salaries. So probably going to have to dig into one one pitcher and kind of hope that he does well, especially with how big the contests are going to be early on. But the prizes are going to be so amazing, it's going to be hard to kind of stay away. So heavy pitching, typically punt a hitter, and then try to just put together two mini stacks of three or four guys and just pray to the baseball gods that it works out for me. Pray to the baseball gods it works out for you. That's the way to go. One last team I want to ask you about. It's not about anything on the team. Uh, The Texas Rangers. Notoriously, this has been a great hitter's ballpark. But in 2012, they made some uh, changes to the stadium where they put up a a structure behind home plate. Uh, Prior to that, it was top five every year in offense. In 2013, it was number 13 and number 17 in 2014. Do you take park factors into context like that as two years enough to make it uh, something that you'll say, hey, I'm slowing down on the Texas Rangers offense? I think you have to in this case because there's it's not like there's nothing changed with the field, and it's not like we had some crazy weather situation. Uh, that, like you said, what was it, a billboard or a some sort of structure is now yeah. blocking what was like a like a windstream that just shot balls out to right center. And I remember that pretty distinctly in those years. Um, but I think you can pretty much rely on the fact that it's not going to be as good as it was. I think you kind of also have to factor in the fact that the Rangers' offense hasn't been as great as it used to be, so that might have a little part of it. But I think you can really uh, put it in the bank that it's not going to be as top five as like it used to be. It'll be interesting to see that. Let's get a brief rundown for the people as they get ready for opening day 2016. Uh, We'll uh, break down quickly the uh, lineups that we have covered here for the big day. Uh, you got Drew Hutchinson at Yankee Stadium and facing Tanaka uh, in this one. Now, Drew Hutchinson, his price on FanDuel, I absolutely love. And I think that if you play in multiple teams in a tournament, I would take a shot. Now, the negative, of course, is Hutchinson is a guy that has uh, fly ball tendencies. Uh, but we get him out of Toronto. We get the opportunity here. And when we look at the salaries, we see a guy like Clayton Kershaw at FanDuel is 11700 And you go down and you, and you look for Drew Hutchinson, uh, and you try to get that significant savings when you go opening day. Uh, we're talking a guy like Drew Hutchinson for a price tag, and I've actually lost my notch because his name is Andrew Hutchinson, and I'm looking for Drew. 7400 So we're talking 4000 in savings there. Would it be a name you would be considering? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I'll be on it. I know on Fandle you want the win. He has a decent shot at it just because Tanaka doesn't seem to be on par with what he's used to be. I think he only hit like 88 the other day, which is not very good for his velocity and very good for that Blue Jays lineup. But 
is what is his K per nine like? Because I'm not sure. It actually it's very high. So maybe, but it would have to be one of those things where I have multiple lineups because looking at this, putting a guy like Cooper or something like that in really um, hamstrings your offense. So you'd have to go in one of those directions where you're loading up on the hitters in this one. Um, I won't be on Hutchinson just because I won't have that many lineups. But once you get past three, four lineups, I can certainly see why you would why you'd be enticed by Andrew Hutchinson. And, of course, the Detroit Tigers and Minnesota Twins at Detroit. Great pitchers ballpark. And you get a great pitcher, David Price, in this one against the Twins lineup. Uh, not one that we would be writing home about. So Price becomes an option there. But the game that I think people will attack from an offensive perspective is the Colorado Rockies at the Milwaukee Brewers. We have a day full of aces going, and Kyle Kendrick and Kyle Loesch uh, go against each other in this one. Uh, we talked about on the show today, Adam Lind is very cheap at Fandle, 2800 bucks against Kyle Kendrick. He will be a guy in everybody's lineup. You have to think so. Even with it not being at Coors, uh, this Milwaukee lineup should do very well against Kyle Kendrick for the pure fact that it's Kyle Kendrick. But they're not as heavy as a uh, team that you should stack against lefties or, or vice versa. I think you can use them both ways efficiently against righties and lefties. They're, the power numbers are pretty on par. The WOBA, those kinds of stats are pretty close to similar. So I don't think you can shy away righty-righty just because Kendrick's a righty there. I mean, you know, guys like Luke Roy and, and Braun and Ramos Ramirez have had some really good numbers against righties last season. So – I think you could even go righties against them, not just Lind. Um, but you're right, Lind at 2800 is a, is a really good price for a first baseman. they got some, some real high guys up there on uh, on opening day. And, and one of the guys that uh, you can go if you wanted to go cheap at catcher, a guy that I like uh, because he's in Colorado, but this game's in Milwaukee, a decent offensive ballpark. Uh, he's at the minimum salary, 2500 Nick Hundley should get the start opening day in the Colorado Rockies. A lineup, so you can throw that out there if you want to take a punt at the catching position. And then the Boston Red Sox at Philadelphia. Now, this is a 3 o'clock game. Not knowing what the weather is going to be like in Philadelphia, this is a great offensive ballpark. I actually like a couple uh, Phillies here, and if you want to go cheap at second base, I don't mind taking a shot on second baseman uh, for uh, the uh, Philadelphia Phillies in this one, and, and go chase Utley against Clay Buckles. Uh, but Cole Hamels, left-handed pitcher, he's going to test that Red Sox lineup really early and often in this one. Yeah, I think uh, going against a guy like Buckholz is perfectly fine. Utley has been hitting well. I know it's spring training. I think he had two home runs yesterday. Uh, this is going to be an opportunity for some – the rare opportunity for some Philly hitters uh, that offense is pretty dismal, and it might be low-owned as well just because of the fact that not a whole lot there. So you might have that opportunity as well to get some variance in your lineups with these Phillies guys. And then Chris Tillman versus Chris Archer in this one. Ray, this one's at Tampa, a good pitcher's ballpark. Probably not a lot going to jump out uh, on you there, but Chris Tillman is a guy, uh, four and six lifetime, 4.08 ERA in 14 lifetime starts against Tampa. We'll see how that plays out. And it's hard to chase the win when you're playing daily fantasy baseball, but Bartolo Colon and Max Scherzer go at it, and the Nationals are a heavy favorite in Major League Baseball this year, but a little banged up coming into the opener as Anthony Rendon will be out, Denard Spann will be out, uh, but they bring their big money guy in, Max Scherzer, against the New York Mets. Yeah, I think 
I think it's an opportunity to chase the win. I don't know what the relieving situation is like with the Nationals, but I don't think they're gonna, this game is going to be close enough. But the Nationals are going to be a little uh, banged up offensively. They're going to probably have some value here. I think a guy like Bryce Harper on DraftKings more than FanDuel, but um, this is going to be an opportunity to chase the win for sure. And he's not much more than a guy like Kluber, Cueto, um, all those other guys that you could target at pitching. You know, this more seems more of a lock as a win than any of, the, of these other guys. Except, you know, yeah. obviously so high-priced. Yeah, Kershaw is 11700 at FanDuel. Felix Hernandez, 11200 And then Max Scherzer, uh, 11000 uh, David Price, 10600 Baumgartner, 10500 Johnny Cueto. Uh, 10,500. Corey Kluber, 10,400, and then Hamels, 10,000. Those are the top prices for the pitches over at Fanduel on opening day. Yeah, Jeff Samaja gets you a Donald Ventura. This game is not in the offensively friendly Chicago. It's in Kansas City. Good pitches ballpark. Ventura is amazing because he throws 100 miles an hour, but he doesn't strike out enough guys to be like an elite daily fantasy pitcher. No, he probably leaves the ball up a little bit too much. He hasn't really evolved the off-speed pitches as much as well. Uh, I actually don't like either pitcher in this situation. I think Ventura has enough um, talent, but, you know, if we just talked about that White Sox lineup, that's going to be a, a really good lineup to go with. They have a bunch of lefties there. And then Samarja, I just don't think the Royals are going to strike out enough. I talk about it in the article that's going to be yeah. posted here uh, tomorrow or maybe tonight. I'm not sure when it's going to be posted uh, the Royals don't strike out nearly enough for you to pay up for a guy. 9.7K is pretty high. Not crazy high considering opening day, but I don't think we're going to see the typical Samarja strikeouts, even at a, a pitcher's park like Kansas City, to help him out. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's definitely one of those uh, Royals teams that, you know, last year you would find an attractive matchup and you'd say, you know what, but this team is so stingy uh, with the strikeouts and a lot of those same hitters back in that lineup this year. Jared Weaver gets Felix Hernandez in Seattle. Great pitches ballpark. The Angels team, you know, the offense isn't great. You get, of course, the big names, Albert Pujols, Mike Trout. I would never play them in a game against Felix when you have a whole slate of games. So those guys should be obsolete in this one. Uh, Jared Weaver, it looks like he's got some velocity in spring training this year. Probably a game that I won't roster too many players. No, I can see a couple of lefties maybe from Seattle. Uh, but, you know, in Seattle, this doesn't seem like a good one for me to go with. Um, somehow Jared Weaver throws 84 and gets some guys looking some just looking stupid. I think it's one of those things where he throws below bat speed. So he gets away with it. You know, you can't throw 85 to 88. Uh, you got to figure it out and go one way or the other. And he goes under, and it still somehow works enough to to really not have some big games. Do these statistics mean anything to you? Hernandez is 5-0 and with a 1.52 ERA on opening day. And Johnny Cueto is 1-1 uh, and with an 0.86 ERA in four starts. Uh, what are your thoughts on those two statistics? Are they just throwaway stats? I don't. I would say throw away, but you kind of. It's one of those things where you have to look at who he's faced. Um, some, I think you can play a little bit into it because some of these guys are slow starters. Some of them, some of them are fast starters. A guy like Adam LaRoche, uh, who typically is terrible at the beginning of the season, uh, there's a reason why he's hitting terrible at the beginning of the season. He doesn't do anything in the off season. So maybe Cueto, maybe Felix, these guys uh, can get their pitches down a little bit quicker than other guys. But I think you have to really look at the matchups before you can really say, 
hey, you know, this guy has been great or this guy has struggled. Because what if they're facing the best team in the, in the MLB each season? Uh, that would kind of skew those stats. But I think with a guy like Felix and Quaid, I think uh, you can say they're going to be great options without even looking at the career opening day stats. Then we have James Shields and Clayton Kershaw in a uh, fantastic matchup in Dodgers Stadium. Uh, this will be a good one. Shields, of course, a fly ball pitcher, uh, but the Dodgers Stadium should protect him. Yeah, I'm not on this game as much. I haven't looked that far into it. Um, one of these things where West Coast kind of gets me because uh, my bedtime is typically around 10.30 or 11, Tony. So I, I struggle on these West Coast, West Coast games at times. 10:30-11. How do you, you so you don't uh, you don't stay up for Jimmy Fallon? I don't stay. I, the problem is I got to wake up. I got to deal with Atlanta traffic. I got to get to work. And um, well, if I if I have the next day off, I'll stay up. Especially if I if I have some juice going. But uh, Dodgers not typically a team I watch too much. I will for Kershaw, but uh, I try not to stay up too late unless my Tigers are playing. I'm actually heading out to Atlanta for a game this year against the Chicago Cubs. When is that? It's uh, July 18th. It's a Saturday uh, game against the uh, Atlanta and the Cubs. We'll be uh, heading out there for that contest. Nice. Well, maybe we'll catch up and, uh, and go to the Chop House and get a beer. And then we could, have, we could have a podcast during the game? We can have one of those like live look-ins. Like MLB Network <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've always wanted to do that, but we we've ne- I've never come through with that over at Lou Dogs. But maybe we can do it now that we have the daily roto action going, a little bit more juice, a little bit more power. Maybe we can do the live looking. <laughs> there we go, Corey Kluber, Dallas Keekle going at it. Uh, Dallas Keekle is a guy last year that surprised many. Not True Dinkmeyer. True Dinkmeyer and myself, uh, uh, we we got into uh, a little Dallas Keekle action, like. Drew, it came to the uh, conclusion that Dallas Keuchel found a new pitch and he was mastering, keeps the ball on the ground, and thought he became a great fantasy play and he was under uh, underutilized salary-wise uh, by the Daily Fantasy sites and he was right right on the money and that's why he should pay for the premium content over at uh, the Fantasy Rundown in the Daily Roto. Yeah, not only was he probably low-priced, he's probably low-owned. Um, a lot of people were not really on Kiko. I tried. I had him in my season league. It took me forever to even get a, a decent offer for him. Um, when a guy like that comes out of nowhere, it's always tough to get the right value down, um, especially when it's the buyer beware. You know, the buyer has him. You know, the guy that originally owns him is always going to value him over. But uh, it seems that we kind of have the same situation with a low tag at 8.3K on FanDuel. Uh, have you figured out the whole Cleveland situation? I have too many switch hitters for my brain. And I thought Swisher was good against one and bad against the other. And I can't I, – what's the situation here in Cleveland with the switch hitters? Yeah, so Cleveland was a team that in 2013 was the best team in Major League Baseball against left-handed pitching. And the guys that we would target would be Ryan Rayburn, uh, 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 the catcher that isn't a catcher yeah, anymore. And I, Jan Gomes was one, uh, but also the catcher that they play at first base. Carlos Santana, I couldn't, I lost my mind there for a minute. Carlos Santana was a guy. Those were three players that we would absolutely play every time there was a left-handed pitcher. Uh, and then Nick Swisher would also be a cheap option. Yet last year they didn't come through. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. They were number one by a far stretch in 2013 against left-handed pitchers because of those four players. Yeah, and it was a complete turnaround um, yeah. in 2014. That's why that was the most confusing part was 
you know, you're supposed to be good, but did I read that wrong? Because you just went over four or three strikeouts. <laughs> now I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Now I'm confused. Yeah. And Ryan Rayburn was a guy I played religiously every time. Even if he stunk the whole season, he was 2200 bucks. He was the cheapest price. And that was the only time he played. And he just never got a hit. And he was at second base, likely. So it's always a position of of uh, scarcity. Um, I like Kluber, though. Don't you get all these high strikeout guys from Houston? Oh, uh, Houston. We talked about Carter. I, wake, I get out of bed. And the first thing I do is look to see who Houston's going against because there's no way this team doesn't lead the league in strikeouts. Now, they've built a decent offense where they get guys that can hit the ball out of the park. So there'll be a couple games you'll get torched because a couple balls leave the yard. And I I think he's a lock for 10 strikeouts in the opener. Yeah, I think uh, Houston gets out of bed and does not see a pitch they don't like. I think they get out of bed and just see meatballs everywhere and, and – forget where their talent lies, and it's not necessarily hitting at a high contact rate. Texas and Oakland, great pitches ballpark. I think the fantasy community is, is so, so intelligent, to tell you the truth. And there's no sleepers anymore, and I think people are realizing that Sonny Gray isn't as good as the numbers that he's posted. Uh, and when you're talking about the pitchers that we have pitching on opening day, I don't think the Texas Rangers' offense is anywhere near where it used to be, but Sonny Gray just won't strike out enough of these Rangers. Uh, when I look at the guys, when we have Clay Scherzer, uh, going against each other, Scherzer going against each other, there's no way I can throw Sonny Gray in it. Tony, I feel like we're on the same, wa- uh, same wavelength here. I have my lineup up, my original lineup up on FanDuel, and I have four hitters from Texas on my teams. Really? Yeah, I think I'm with you. I, when you look at the K for nine rate, I think he has like the 13th best of all opening day starters. Uh, you have Fielder coming off, so his price isn't as bad. Uh, you have to put in Beltre. I have Shinsu Chu, although who knows if he's going to play. That's a, one of those questionable ones. He's at a decent price. Um, and then I have uh, Robinson Tiernos. If he plays, you know, some good pop out of a, a minimum-priced guy there, and, you know, Sonny Gray surprisingly was not as great as he was on the road as he was at home. Uh, I'm sorry, he was bad at home compared to on the road. So, with a higher contact rate, some pop in Texas, uh, some hitters there, I think it's perfectly reasonable to to pick a mini stack of some sort against Oakland in Oakland. I like that, because most people won't go. I will give you, at the end of this podcast, I'll give you guys my... Uh initial lineup for FanDuel that I was going to use, because this is Friday, so there's no way it'll be the same by Monday, so I don't feel wrong giving it to you. I will give you my rough draft lineup, as I call it. The final game of the night, Madison Baumgartner, Josh Colmenta. I look at this game, and it's a great offensive ballpark. That being said, I'm probably not going up against Madison Baumgartner, but two guys that will stick out to me will be Brandon Belt against Josh Colmenter, and then also because he's cheap and it's more based on price in the third base position uh, than a great matchup, and of course we'll break down the matchups uh, on Monday's podcast to get you ready for the big day. Casey McGahee's only $2,600. He should be batting in the middle of this Giants lineup. Yeah, he uh, surprised some people here uh, last season. I have two things for you on this one, though. Uh, first, a little quick story about last season. Last season's first episode of Lou TV was on uh, the night before opening day, and I went into it just pounding Madison Bumgarner as the top pitcher. I don't remember if you saw the game, 
but he pitched pretty well in terms of what he was doing, and he had the worst luck and got kicked out of it in like the fifth inning just by errors and walks, just by working too hard and high pitch count, and it just blew up right in my face. But my question to you is this. Cole Mentor is a high fastball change of guy. Obviously, everybody knows that. That's not an indefinite analysis. But don't you want to target righties against that combination of pitches, or do you think a guy like Bell as a lefty would be fine in that situation? See, I think, uh, you know, that's a great point you talk about because of the pitch selection. And I think it would be more neutral as opposed to the left-handed bats uh, in that one. I just look at that ballpark, and I look at Belt's numbers, and because of the injuries, he's underpriced. And I just think that with Cole Mentor, not a guy that's going to throw the ball by him, there's going to be some runs scored in this game. I would have to go and think that Belt would be a guy that you could go cheaper than, you know, paying the top $4,800 for a price at first base. Uh, in that one. So we'll break that down for you Monday morning, get you lined up. Well, now I'm going to uh, give people my rough draft copy. And i, I got to tell you, I spent about 25 minutes to 30 minutes putting this together. And the guy that we talked about as a guy that had the biggest opportunity for a win is Max Scherzer. So I'm setting myself back with 11000 right away uh, for the pitcher in that game against Bartolo Colon. Remember, Fandles heavily weighted towards the pitcher, four points for the victory. So Max Scherzer is the guy that I'm using there. I do like the guy you mentioned, Corey Kluber. And if I put multiple lineups out there, Corey Kluber will definitely have one uh, of those multiple lineups. Yeah, I'm between Kluber and Quetta right now. You can't go wrong though with Scherzer. The win, it seems like an automatic four points plus uh, probably seven to eight strikeouts easily to start. So, I mean, that's a pretty good start, even though you're spending 11K for it. So, I got to go cheap, and I I told you, Nick Hunley, I'll be using Ed Catcher against Kyle Loesch, $2,500. Kyle Loesch, if you look at it, fantasy people uh, don't like this guy. And it's because he has a low K rate of uh, somewhere around 6K per nine. But four successive years, he's been right around 3.50 with his ERA, yet I don't know quite how he does it. But uh, we're going to go with uh, Nick Hunley. Adam Lind, I talked about the matchup there, uh, a great matchup for Lind at only 2,800. I'm playing price protection in a game where I think there's going to be a high total and going with DJ LeMahieu at second base. He's only 2,500 again, and this is a game that I expect the highest total of the day. Casey McGahee is a San Francisco Giants, middle of the order, 2,600. Marcus Semien is a guy that I'm going to use against Texas. He's listed at shortstop at FanDuel, $2,700, and he's got a little bit of pop against our guy uh, coming over uh, to uh, the American League for his first opportunity. A guy who is absolutely the innings look like they're taking their toll on Giovanni Galato. Not a great ballpark, uh, but taking a shot with Maki Semin because of the price. Yeah, I don't believe you. There's a, there's a bunch of value both in outfield and infield. It looks like they're going towards the infield, uh, infield value. Uh, but some yes. of those guys that completely make sense. Good ballpark, good um, good situations there. And at uh, outfield, I'm going to spend a little money here. I'm going to go with the guy batting leadoff on opening day. Carlos Gomez will be batting leadoff against Kyle Kendrick. And I'll look to get the five at-bats there with Carlos Gomez and spend the money uh, on him. And my other big-price outfielder, I'm going to go with Dickerson in Colorado. Uh, Go with that opportunity to take one out in that game, batting in the middle of the order for the Colorado Rockies. And in $2,600, I'm going with Billy Burns, who should get the start on opening day 
uh, who's a speedster uh, that couldn't hit in the minors, but somehow hitting 419 in spring training, hoping he can get on base and get me the two points for a steal. He's the minimum salary at 2600 Tony, did you know that Billy and I uh, went to high school together? No, I did not. We, uh, Yeah, we're both from Marietta, Georgia, both uh, high school teammates. We have the school record for hits together. Billy, a great guy. Uh, he, The reason why Billy is successful is what he does is because he knows exactly what he's doing, which is just putting the ball in play and being outrageously fast. So if you watch him this season – you might see five hits go out of the infield, and he might hit 270. It's amazing how fast he is out of the box. Not a bad option. I actually have a, a, a different outfielder for Oakland at 2,600, Sam Fold. Um, if he gets the start, he's probably going to hit leadoff for second. So I, I like him as well. Yeah, so it'll probably be one of those two guys in the lineup. So we'll see how that plays out uh, for Oakland and uh, how that breaks out. Now, Chris, what's going on over at com? Now, you've got some previews out there. What else do you have coming up? We have the two previews. I'm working on a, a piece that's going to be a, a solo piece. Yes, I can write something by myself without Logan. Uh, I'm going to be writing every Monday a kind of like a week in review, kind of telling you who got hurt, who is it, impact, and maybe what their prices are across the industry, and then uh, maybe where they're placed in the lineup, that kind of thing. And then Hot and cold hitters. Once, uh, one thread I started on the the forums this past couple of days was, um, at what point is a hot hitter too much of a, a gamble because of his adjusted price? Uh, Drew came in there and, and taught us a lesson uh, with that. You can check that out on the forums. But just kind of like a week in review, kind of get people. Maybe you missed a couple of days, uh, and you know maybe you want to see what the lineups are going to be looking like before waiting till about five five thirty. Um, just things like that to kind of help out the more more casual uh, DFS or, uh, you know, pending vacations and things like that. Absolutely great stuff. Now, Chris, it's interesting what's going on over at DailyRoto.com. Now, you were a guy that was uh, with Lou Dog. So how do you like the new digs over at DailyRoto.com? I love it. One of the the things I liked was how it looks and feels the same in terms of the forums uh, from Lou Dogs. I think that's a very cool thing they did because, a lot of those people that are contributing right now are guys that were used to the old style, so they kept it the same for us. But, I mean, it's it's a slick site. It's pretty basic. You can't get com- too confused. Even the oldest of gentlemen and ladies can't get too confused on this website. And uh, when you have Drew and, and Leon and Adam creating something, uh, you're not surprised when it's as good as it looks. And um, I'm excited about this first year with it. I, I think it's going to be kind of crazy what we – looking back on it a year or two from now, what it's going to evolve into. But um, I'm, I'm in love with that. What do you think, Tony? What do you like to the site? I'll tell you what. It's interesting because uh, when I first came over to rotoexperts.com, um, we had, they had nothing for Daily Fantasy site. They had a couple articles where guys were using batter pitcher data. And so I came over here and said, hey, we got to fix this. And I got through with Mike and started talking to them didn't think there was a possibility of bringing them over there, and it happened, and we made we made it work. And they went over there, they got the premium content out, and and, and it's been successful. Drew's continued success in daily fantasy, and then they started talking about. They've always stood to have this discussion where they want to build a community, they want to have the best tools in the business, and they just want to make an aspect where uh, people for daily fantasy could play. And so I knew it would be good, but I'm surprised 
at the quality of articles they have up there for free, to tell you the truth. Uh, the free stuff is unbelievable. And the guys writing in the forum are absolutely amazing to me. I took about three weeks ago two hockey lineups that I, I based out of people what they wrote in the forums, and I won. I, I cashed on both of them. And I didn't play much money because I was just watching the hockey games. But it was great to have, and it's great to have that in the the interaction there. It's great. It's only going to get better over time. And I think baseball's there. And I think everybody has fun with it, and, and that's the whole key to this thing. I think we talk about, we see guys like Drew. And Drew is a guy that's making a living out of doing, playing Daily Fantasy. That's about 3% at most of the population that's doing this. 97% of the people have real jobs. They have a wife, they have kids, they have all this going on. And they play Daily Fantasy for the competitiveness, the fun, and they like to make a little money doing it because nobody wants to lose at anything. And I think this site encompasses all of it. It's there for those 3% of the people that play at that level. And it's also there for the guy that's got three kids. I think one of the coolest parts is I think part of the whole researching and posting on the forums is you'll see a lot of guys discuss players, discuss strategies, and then when that player blows up and has a great game or a great week, you can kind of sit back and kind of feel part of my language here, but you kind of feel like a badass. Because you're the guy that said, hey, Dallas Peekle is the man, and he's going to be great. He's got two starts this week, X, Y, Z. And then he was he was a stud, and you kind of can feel, you know, sit back and enjoy the the, the little run you had there and, and, you know, get you some online street cred, Tony. And the other thing is, too, for the guys that want to try to break into this business, um, it's going to give you an opportunity. Um, here's the big thing is that I've been so impressed by some of the written stuff that I've seen and some of the work that I've seen over at DailyRoto.com. I actually sent uh, Lou Mayon, who's the uh, CFO for the Fantasy Sports Network, uh, who uh, actually has Roto Experts. They have a fight network. We're on uh, TV 24 hours, seven days a week. I used to fly to New York every weekend to do TV shows during the football season. And I was talking about Ricky Sanders, who's a writer on the um, the site, and I said he's done some podcasts once or twice a week with me. He's done some articles, and he says it's great to hear about you know new guys in the business doing well. And it'll give people opportunities. We have the shows on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio uh, seven days a week. Uh, we're on there. We're on a t- uh, television network that's going to be built up to the biggest thing. I mean, Xbox is going to go on in 84 million homes. Uh, these are big things, and we're always looking for new people. So the people out there that are writing in the forums and doing a great job, they're going to have an opportunity to be recognized. I know I was just having a discussion with Mike Leone and uh, Drew Dinkmar, and they were looking for someone uh, with some baseball writing. Uh, so as it continues to grow, there's going to be opportunities for people. In this industry, it's big. We have 41 million players. There's not a lot of people with paid jobs, though, in this industry. No, these guys are right here. I'm impressed. Tony, you do a great job. And, and anybody that can get out of here and spend their free time and, and try to help other players like that, kudos to them. Um, and sometimes you get a little money for it. Sometimes you don't. But either way, you, you feel good when you help other people win money. Yeah, so and at least someone should send you a Christmas present, right? What's that? Someone should at least send you a Christmas present if you make the money. Yeah, you, you a little tip, maybe a little... A little help every now and then, you know. Little, little you, know what the, you know what the craziest thing a listener ever sent me? A listener sent I've never me had a, a listener send me anything. 
<laughs> so they I've said anything to be crazy. <laughs> they sent me a real Kasuki Fukudomi jersey, Cubs uniform. Uh, I got delivered to my house, and I wear it to uh, like the kids' little league games. And people look at me, and they always ask the same question: "Is that a real player's name?" That is amazing. <laughs> Good for that guy because the humor in that is amazing because no one's going to believe that that's a real player unless you're a guy like us, uh, and then you fully know who that is. And it's just funny that somebody even has that jersey at that point. <laughs> great stuff from Chris K. DailyRoto.com. Chris, absolutely a great time, and I wish you success on Monday. Thank you, Tony. We'll be in touch, I'm sure, but good luck. Uh, hopefully, the baseball guys treat us well. Yeah, uh, hopefully. I got to get on a plane. Uh, I got to go to the airport at 5.30 this morning, going out to hang out with Fantasy Aces, Fantasy a Basketball Championship, I'll make some videos with them and uh, see how that goes. And they have a yacht over there that they uh, take across the river. And then, of course, the big games are on Saturday. Uh, I'm always worried about some of these guys falling off the yacht because not many of them look like they can swim. Tony, I think you uh, live a much harder life than we all realized. Being on <laughs> All right, great job right here. It's the Daily Roto Podcast, and we're absolutely knocking out of the park. If you want to be part of the show, write your congressman. They love the show. They might be able to get you on. Stay tuned for some great music by the Ninja Turtles. We're out of here. Mm-hmm.